What is up, Fathom fam? Thank you for listening and supporting the Fathom Church podcast. Remember, you can always connect with us at fathomchurchjacks.com and on all your social media platforms as well as on YouTube. We just want to let you know about a new weekly podcast that is now available to you called Fathom Beyond Sunday. Very different from our normal sermon podcast, really just um, some casual, engaging conversation on faith, life, and following Jesus between Monday and Saturday, not just on Sunday. Amazing. I just want to take a second and welcome everybody that is uh, watching online with us. If you're in the room, can you shout out our Fathom fam that's all over the place? We are thinking of you all and praying uh, for you all. I also want to shout out for a second all of our volunteers through the past six months. It's like, has it been six months since this whole thing started? Uh, you guys have been amazing. We, we've had to, to shift and pivot in so many ways, but if you haven't found a way to be able to, to use your gifts, I hope every single one of you know this. You have spiritual giftedness to offer the body of Christ. You're, you're not uh, just a, a number. You're not just an attender. Uh, if you're a believer, then God has, has gifts inside of you to, to grow his kingdom, and we want to get you plugged in in some way using that uh, around here. So let us know how we can serve. You can always text FATHOM to 97000 and click join a serve team and, and, and even jump into our DNA session track. We kind of walk you through that process to help discover that because a lot of us don't know. And so that's so important. And I want you to feel at home and connected. And, uh, and I'm excited today to move to part five. Usually in our message series, I try to keep them around like four, but this one's going to go six. I'm going to preach five today. We're going to take a break. David's going to speak, uh, pe- uh, preach next week, and then I'll, I'm going to close us out on that uh, following week, and we're moving into Thanksgiving season, just going to be talking about uh, just realizing how blessed we are and, and being grateful and, and really f- flowing out of a life of generosity out of that. So looking forward to the month of November. Very excited about that. Um, I was just thinking about when I was a, a kid and uh, when, when David was uh, talking about, you know, like the fighting and stuff like that. And one of the things that my, my brother's younger than me, but he was bigger than me. And he would always just try to, you know, boss me around or something. And I had this one phrase, like, a, you know, one of the, the phrases, I think it's classic, and I can't help it, but it's like a bad Napoleon Dynamite um, version of it, which is like, he was trying to boss me around, and I would just say, it's a free country, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> Have you ever said that phrase, right? Somebody tried to boss you around, and, and, uh, and I remember just a little bit later, like when I got my license, I know we've got some preteens and teens in the house who maybe haven't started driving yet, but I remember when that, that took place and it was like freedom. Like that was a real freedom. Like I could go where I want when mom told me I could and, and, you know, and I could really, you know, skip school and when I wanted and like some of you homeschoolers, like how is that even possible? Like, in fact, probably the reason that you are homeschooled is because your mom skips school or your dad skips school, and they know what can happen there. I'm just kidding. Homeschool moms, don't get offended. Don't get offended. I'll preach on that another day. But, um, no, and then I remember getting, like, going off to college, leaving home, and, like, that was, like, legit freedom. That was, like, literally no one to tell me where to do. I moved nine hours away. No one to tell me where I could go or where I couldn't go. I was, do, I mean, do you guys remember that point in your life? It was a good thing, a good thing in our life. And some of us like took that, that freedom a little bit too far. <laughs> Anybody? Like, that's your story? Like, I took that freedom and went to, with all that freedom, I didn't know what to do with it and, and made some mistakes some things maybe we regret in our life. Uh, I, today, I want to talk to you about freedom. And so I kind of get started talking 
uh, about freedom, and freedom's getting talked about a lot these days with uh, the election coming up and, and different things that are going on in our nation. We're, we're reflecting on our American uh, freedom, but uh, I want to, so I just, let's go ahead and start there. I want to do a little uh, pop quiz, right? That's always good on a Sunday morning church. Like, let's do a little, a little civics pop quiz. Let's see how well you know the Bill of Rights, right? Because you remember in, in our, uh, the, uh, our Constitution, right, that, that people are uh, endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that, which includes the life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Yeah, you guys at home and in the room, you know this, right? That's part of our Constitution, and, and then or, or our, our Declaration of Independence, but right here in our, our Bill of Rights, do you guys remember what the first amendment of the Constitution is? The first ten things are the Bill of Rights, or freedoms, so it, what, what's the uh, uh, amendment one? Pop quiz. Freedom, just yell it out. Like, freedom of speech, yeah, freedom of speech, press, religion, assembly, like, gathering, thank God for that. Uh, you know, what about the second amendment? What's that one? Right to, right to bear arms. I know some of y'all probably packing out here, yeah. So. Uh, what about the third one? All right, yeah, yes. Yeah, so you probably don't know this. When citizens do not have to house soldiers, this doesn't mean that you can kick Owen out, Jamie. That's not what this <laughs> means. Sorry, we'll have to find a different <laughs> bill. Sailor's different. Sailor's different than soldiers. We got a bunch of sailors around here. We know, we know Amendment 4, right? It's no unreasonable search or arrest. We could, we could go down the list and continue the pop quiz. We'll do that another day. But I thought that was a, a fitting point as we remind ourselves of our American freedoms. Because any of you thankful for your American freedoms? Like, I, I am. I've been a lot of places in this world. And uh, I've, I've walked through a lot of uh, downtown squares with uh, militia. I've walked by many of those around the world. And so I'm, I'm thankful for the freedoms uh, we have uh, here in America. And, and just like our, our, you know, Bill of, uh, our Bill of Rights was ratified some 220-something years ago, our, our, we have Christian freedoms. And those Christian rights, those Christian freedoms as citizens of heaven were ratified in April 33 uh, AD, when Jesus was crucified on the cross. Like, they were ratified nearly 2,000 years ago. And, and we think about our American freedoms and what that affords us, but we often don't give reflection to our Christian freedoms and what that affords us. And today, I just want us to get us reflecting on this, maybe doing some, some deeper teaching on this, and kind of my own little way to do the Christian Bill of Rights, right? There's not going to be 10 of them, but but maybe just three things that I want to discuss today that I, I want to make sure you know and you understand. I think they kind of summarize our, our freedom as believers because I, I'm thankful for my American freedoms, but they pale in comparison to my Christian freedom. Like you could take my American freedoms and my Christian freedoms are still there. And I'm going to fight for American freedoms as long as I live because it allows us to freely worship and to minister and the gospel to go forward. But God's church and his growth is not built on American freedoms. I'm, I'm in a seminary study and, I, and I'm doing a ton of studying about the persecution of the church. Uh, when, when we had freedoms and when we didn't have freedoms. When we were just a, a small sect in society and when we were the empire. And, and it's amazing to watch that God's God's going to build his church no matter what, and I want to remind us of the freedom we have of, as citizens of heaven. So I want to start in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. 
Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It's a simple uh, verse today, literally one verse that's going to be our launching point into this. It says this. It's pretty basic. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. I want you to go ahead and read that with me at home in the room. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. That's like one of those verses like, well, duh. Like, it's for freedom that he set us free. What else would he have set us free for other than to be free? Yet often we we forget about that freedom, and we don't embrace that freedom and walk in that freedom. And so I just want to start by reminding it's for freedom. He set us free. The verse goes on. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke, by a yoke of slavery. We're going to talk about this today as we talk about our freedom in Christ. And these three, what I'm just kind of labeling as a Christian Bill of Rights, these three things. And the first that I want to look at today is really about what we are freed from. Has anybody ever set, been set free from anything? What we're freed from. And the next two, we're going to talk about what we are free, freed towards. What Jesus has set us free to do, not just what he set us free from. And, and what he set us free from is the freedom from bondage, the penalty, and the power of sin. From the bondage, the penalty, and the power of sin. The, the bondage of, of sin, I actually remember... Um, early on in my walk with Christ, like, um, you know, I, I came to Christ at an early age, but I really began to understand the gospel and began to follow him in, in my young teenage years. And I, I began to follow him and, and I began to kind of, okay, I'm going to keep all the rules now. And I was really trying to clean up my heart, but I'm thankful for verses like Romans chapter 12, verse 1, which says, in view of God's mercy. In view of God's mercy, I offer my life as a living sacrifice. Like, I'm thankful for verses like that that got me in clear picture of God's mercy in my life. When we talk about freedom from the bondage of sin, we're, we're talking about really the, the old law, the old way. And, and even, and this goes back to Galatians 5.1 too. You see, going all the way back, God, God had called Israel and he said, hey, I want to be your God and I, I want you to be my people. I, I love you. And, and God began to lay a framework for their morality, a, a, a framework for their society. In Exodus chapter 20, God gives them what? He gives them in what? Exodus chapter 20. Anybody know? All right, mark it down. That's the Ten Commandments. Yeah, God, God gives them the Ten Commandments. And in Exodus chapter 20, he says, I want you to be different. He gives them a framework, guidelines for their moral life that they are to be different than the rest of the world. He didn't want them enslaved uh, to other kingdoms. He wanted to be their king, as we talked about in part one of this series. And so he said things like, hey, I want you to take a day off once a week. Everybody said amen. <laughs> You know, he said, when everybody else is working seven days a week, not you, because you're not enslaved to your work. You're free. You're free people who put their faith and trust in God to build business and to, to live life. He said things like this, kids. He said, honor your mothers and fathers. Right? So if the other kids are talking back and disrespecting their parents, not, not kids in God's kingdom, they respect and honor and you could take all these Ten Commandments and, and really break them into two categories if you really wanted to. Really, commandments that have to do with our relationship with God. 
Commandments that have to do, like, don't have any other idols, don't worship any other gods before me, don't take the Lord's name in vain, don't misuse his name, things like that. And then, then commandments that have to do with our relationship with other people. They can really be broken down in these two, and, and I really think the Sabbath kind of fits between both holding them together, but that's just my own personal theology uh, on that because I believe it's so important in our life. And so he breaks them into these two things. And so Israel began to live under this law. And it was about faith. It was about relationship. And I want to remind you that from the beginning, it's been about relationship. It's never been about rules. And it's never been about religion for God. Giving of the Ten Commandments, giving of the law was, was not a, a um, it was a confirmation of his love, not a condition of his love. And most of us, when we talk about bondage to the law, the bondage uh, of the law that leads to death, it, it's this list of rules and religion that many of you grew up in. And maybe many of you right now still live and you come and you think of your relationship with God as if I keep all the rules, then he will love me. If I keep all the rules, then he'll bless me. And if I don't, then he won't. And I want to just remind you, from the very beginning, God gave, gave the law, gave the Ten Commandments as a confirmation of his love. I love you, and I want you set free. I want you to be different. I have a plan for your life. And so, but I think oftentimes what we do is we take on this yoke, and when Jesus came, he came and he broke the power, that bondage of, of that law, that, that we're enslaved to, that we can, because what the law really did is it revealed to us and it led us to Christ. It revealed that we can't do that on our very best day. And the law expanded from 10 to 500 and some odd laws that they had to keep up with. Orthodox Jews still try to keep up with every single one of those laws. And God, what it did, it revealed that we can't do this on our own. We can't keep all the rules. And so Jesus came and he fulfilled the law for us. He did what we could not do for ourselves. Does this make sense? I mean, you guys with me? This is... This is the gospel message. Hopefully you've heard this before, and if you haven't, this is fresh, and I'm just putting some pieces together. Hopefully it's really helpful. One time they come to Jesus and they say, hey, which is the greatest commandment? Which is the, the greatest law? Hoping to trip him up, and what does Jesus say? He says what? Love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two. Right? Go back to the Ten Commandments. What are they? Love God and love people and take care of people. And Jesus fulfilled that which we could not do ourselves. And so he broke the chains of the bondage to keep the law in that way, and he fulfilled it in himself, and he began to write what, what Paul, how Paul described it in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 through 5, is that the law is not written on tablets of stone anymore, it's written on tablets of flesh. It's written on the tablets of our heart. And so God doesn't want to do a transformation outside in, like keep a bunch of the rules, which is oppression. He wants to make sure that we get this, that he's going to do a transformative work in our heart. And, and our life will not be, in Christ, will not be built out of duty, out of a bunch of rule-keeping and oppression and oppressive community and oppressive leadership. No, no, it's going to come out of people who have been transformed by his great love and his grace when he, he did for us what we could not do for ourselves. That's the first thing. But it, he didn't just set us free from the bondage of, of the law and of sin in that, but also the penalty of sin. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin are death. 
But the gift of God, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Some of us, this is just good for us to remember today. It's good for us to remember all the time that if you've said yes to Jesus, putting your faith in him and following him, then, then you have been set free from the penalty of sin. Now, we'll still have the consequences of sin. We'll, we'll still have the consequences. If we do something stupid and we, and we trip up and, and we find ourselves caught up in sin, then we're going to still with the consequences of sin, but the penalty of sin, that which deserves hell. It leads us towards death. We're set free from that. We've been given eternal life. So it's good to remind ourselves today, like, what we really deserve is hell. I just breathe that in for a minute and and rest in the heaviness of that because what I hope it does is it circles back to Romans 12 in view of God's mercy. We just offer a love and, like, our affection, our devotion. I think we can sing that more passionately when we understand that I deserve hell and he's given me heaven. And I'll just be very, if we can't sing that from the depths of our heart, and I know we're not all singers and stuff like that, but express that to God in prayer and to worship to him, then I think we need to reflect on on Romans 6.23, that the wages of sin are death, and that's actually what I deserve, and he gave me heaven. And I've been set free from that penalty. What, What beauty and what worship should flow out of us, our affection and devotion to Jesus for that. But also he sets us free from the power of sin. He sets us free from the power of sin. Um, I, I believe it's Second um, Peter chapter 2, verse 19 that says, hey, we shouldn't be mastered by anything. And I think Christians, we can get to this place where we're like, okay, I understand I'm set free from the bondage of sin. It's not a bunch of rules anymore. It's my heart transformed to follow Jesus out of delight and not duty. I understand that I don't have the penalty of sin. I, I don't get hell anymore. I get heaven. Amen to that. But then I find a lot of believers still find themselves mastered by a lot of things. When Jesus has made a way and he set us free from the power of sin in our life and we don't step into that freedom. We're still mastered. I, we, we, we just watched a documentary about our addiction to our cell phones. Right? Some of us, were mastered by it right now. Maybe some different things, some substances in your life that are mastering you. Maybe some mindsets. Maybe some some things that are going in that have mastery of you. Maybe some uh, addictive habits that have fallen uh, into your life and now they have mastery over you and Jesus has given us a way. He has given us freedom from those things that we can walk in, that we don't have to bear the guilt and the shame and the consequences that those things bring in our body because he's made a way for freedom. So we don't have to continue on in sin. And that's really the second thing I want to explore a little bit is that him setting us free from those things isn't freedom to just do what we want when we want like I wanted to in college, right? Not, not that type of freedom. No, what he set us free from is so that we can be free to pursue Christ in holiness. Like so that we would take that freedom and just go after God and just love him with all of my heart and all of our, our soul and mind and strength. Uh, there's a bakery right down the road called Amoretti's. I don't know if you've ever eaten at Amoretti's. Amazing. Best $5.50 you'll spend this week is to go to Amoretti's and get their like chocolate on chocolate cake. It's, it's the best chocolate cake you'll ever have in your life. In fact, before I ate that chocolate cake, I didn't even like chocolate cake, and now I love chocolate cake. It's that kind of 
chocolate cake. They used to have one around the corner from our house, which was bad news, and, and the owner decided to do something else with the property, so they're not there anymore. But every once in a while, you know, we put the kids down, and our, our boys know this. They're in here, and, and, um, and we put the kids down, and I'd be like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get us some chocolate cake. So I'd go, I'd slip out, and my boys are just laughing. At I'd go slip out, and I'd go get the chocolate cake, and I'd bring it home, and, and mommy and daddy would, it would split, or if I'm feeling real hungry, I'm like, you get your own slice. I'm getting my own slice. Because I'm an adult, I can do what I want. And the boys would come down, usually after bed, and sneak down, or maybe sometimes in the morning, they'd see the box, and be like, oh man, come on, that's not fair. They come down, they see uh, a cake, you know, plate with a little sauce on it or something, and, and they're like, that's not fair. I'm like, listen, I'm a grown man, I'm an adult, I can do what I want. When you're grown, you'll be able to make that choice too. But here's the deal. I'm free to eat that every single night, but that ain't smart for me, is it? Eight o'clock at night, at nine o'clock at night, you know that's not good for my body, you know it's not good for your body, but, but it, I don't do it every, every week or, or even every night, certainly not every night or even every month. But, but that's the thing. That freedom that we've been given doesn't just mean we just go and do whatever we want. Look at a few verses here with me. It says, I have the right to do um, anything, 1 Corinthians 6.12. I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. It's singing the same thing in a different way. Just because it's permissible does not mean it's helpful. not mean I should do it. So in our life, if there's something that, hey, it's not necessarily sin that I have my chocolate cake, but if I start doing that every single night, it begins to have mastery over me, and I'm not free to do that. And then I feel guilt about it. Then I feel shame. Then I kind of get in this whole cycle that's really unhealthy for me. Look at Galatians chapter 5. This one's a good one. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. This is our calling as citizens of heaven. Don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Just more chocolate cake, more whatever I want. You fill in the blank there what's actually the deal for you. Chocolate cake is a deal for me. So like things that are indulging the flesh. I don't use that freedom to just do what I want but rather to, to serve one another humbly in love. Final one we'll look at before we, we move on to the, the, the next section is what shall we say then? Uh, Romans uh, chapter 6 says this. What shall we say then? And this is some that get this mindset. Okay, I'm free in Christ. I, I've been set free from the bondage. It's not a bunch of rules, right? We, we get there. Okay, I, I, I'm, out of, I'm out of hell thanks to the grace of Jesus. We can worship there. And, and then some take this mindset. This is an extreme view, but many take this mindset. I'm just going to keep sinning because there's more grace. And we begin to abuse the grace of God. Shall we go on sinning that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? He that the Son sets free is free indeed. It is for freedom he sets you free. He wants you free. Spiritually, mentally, physically, he wants you walking in freedom and living in freedom. But I find so many believers that are living under an oppressive yoke of the bondage of sin, of keeping all the rules, and find themselves just in patterns and things that have mastery over them. And God wants to set us free. But, but we're not to take those freedoms to just serve ourselves, because that's really what happens with our American freedoms. We use those, they're for us. It's to take care of us, to do what we want to do, to protect ourselves. But our Christian freedoms are really about serving the Lord and pursuing Christ and serving other people. We, we give our rights away. We, we die to the sin, we die to the flesh, 
and we begin to serve God. It's, he set us free from those things so that we can have all of him and have all that he has planned for us, all the good works that he has planned for us to serve other people. Because God knows that's where real life happens. That's when we understand purpose and meaning, not when we indulge the flesh. You ever hit that point? This weekend was my birthday. Thank you for all uh, of you who just throwed some love my way. I really appreciate it. But we had cakes on cakes on cakes. And Taryn woke up with a little stomach ache. I'm like, I'm not surprised because we were just having cake here, here, and there throughout the weekend. And we were just kind of going for it, right? Birthday weekend. Treat yourself, right? So we were going with it. But God, but that's what happens over time. It begins to just stuff us up. And we know at the end of the day, it's not going to satisfy us. But he will satisfy us. The third thing that he sets us to, right? The first is a, what he sets us free from, the, the, the bondage, the penalty, and the power of sin. He sets us free to uh, pursue Christ in holiness. But the final thing is he, he sets us free to serve one another in love. We just saw it there in that passage. I want to look to a text here in Romans chapter 15, which is helpful, and I want to get really practical with us here in the next few moments to talk about this part, because I think we, we miss out on the depth of this, but I think this is really important as we learn to navigate within the body of Christ as citizens of heaven that we're supposed to be unified. Okay, I want to be unified, but oftentimes that's really difficult, um, but I think it's because we don't understand this free to serve one another. In love. Let's look at Romans 15. I'll kind of explain what's going on here. Even if we believe that it makes no difference to the Lord whether we do these things, he's talking about eating the meat that was sacrificed to idols. He, he's, that's, what, that's what specifically what he's talked about here. Still, we cannot just go ahead and do them to please ourselves. For we must bear the burden of being considered of the doubts and fears of others, of those who feel these things are wrong. Please, uh, let's please the other fellow, not ourselves, for what is good for, uh, and do what is good, uh, what is for his good, and thus build him up in the Lord, out of the, the, the Living Bible translation. He, he says a lot of things, and, and you have to kind of read the whole context of Romans 14 and 15. But he, he's talking about, hey, we've got freedoms as believers that, and kind of, let me just give you the backstory. I got a few minutes here. The backstory here is in 49 AD, uh, Jews were pushed out of Rome. They were pushed out of, out of Rome, and you know who was left in the church then? Gentiles. They had been trying to figure out this thing for a couple of decades. Gentiles were a little bit slower to grab a hold of it in Rome, but they began to get onto. And so there's these people who have Jewish traditions, sacrifices of. Of, of celebrating certain days. And then you've got all these Gentiles who didn't come with any of those traditions. It's like those of you who grow, grew up in the church and you've got a lot of traditions you like. You, you're around these things. That's just the way you like church. And there's these, you know, the Gentiles who, unless you're Jewish, we're all, we're all Gentiles, unless you're Jewish, um, uh, of Jewish descent. But um, that, that we, don't ha- we don't have those. You know, so some, some that maybe didn't grow up at church didn't have, you don't have a lot of those traditions, a lot of those certain days and festivals that you were excited about. But for the Gentiles, they had like certain holidays, like a new moon celebration they'd celebrate. They'd celebrate all these different things. And Paul comes in and, and, uh, here and he's teaching them, look, we gotta learn to love one another in such a way that we actually permit each other and we do things to serve the other, things that might be an issue for them, things that might offend them, that might be doubts for them. We're not going to feed into that. We're not going to make those matters worse. We're actually going to take a step back and realize just because I have freedom 
as a Gentile to eat the meat sacrificed to idols, which is what Paul's teaching. Just because I have the freedom, I'm not going to do it because my Jewish friend who I'm eating with, I'm not going to bring that, that, that meat to the table because that offends him. That's gonna, and so I'm thinking of him, and what ends up happening as we begin to live this is that can actually feel like a burden in itself. Like I'm, I constantly have to be thinking about everybody else's fears and doubts. And constantly, you guys know what I'm talking about? Ever been constantly thinking about what everybody else is going through. And at first that feels like a burden until it starts to operate out of love. And then it's not a burden anymore. Like, I'll gladly not do that. I'll gladly set that aside out of love for you because I know it's an issue for you because I know that, because we've talked about it before. So I have no problem just letting that go because it's, it's just not a big deal. At the end of the day, I'm gonna let it go. And so that's what he's talking about. Let me get this super practical because as we talk about um, really three quick things and, and the band's gonna come here in just a few moments. And I wanna talk about preferences, convictions, and, and real, real sin. Preferences, preferences is the things that are personal in our life. Like some of you might have a, pre- a preference to have the lights brighter or darker or to have moving lights or to sing contemporary music or to sing more hymns. Um, there's nothing in the Bible on those things, and so those are, those are really just preferences. Those are preferences. We all have preferences. We all have lots of preferences. If you don't have any preferences, let me know. You are, you are a unicorn. We all have preferences. It's the way we're created in our unique design by God. It's a, it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. But we know that they're not biblical. But often, we make preferences convictions, and convictions are things that, can, uh, that are birthed from Scripture and are spiritual in nature, and that things that are not necessarily sin for everybody, but the Lord has given me a personal plan in my life for me to be free. Like things that are not hang-ups for you that you could do, I can't do. Because it actually puts me in bondage. It actually leads me back to slavery where he set me free from. And so if God convicts me on that, then I can't do it. The, the scriptures actually teach that if I do it and God has said, you know, you actually don't need to do that. He's convicted in my heart from scripture or through the Holy Spirit. And if I do that, that's sin for me. But what oftentimes Christians do is we take that and we make everybody else do it. And we begin to project our own convictions on everybody else. Has anybody ever had somebody else's convictions pushed on you? Have you ever pushed your convictions on somebody else? (laughs) That one's a little bit harder because oftentimes we don't even realize we're doing it. So like, and then there's there's sin. Those things that are biblical, which are are salvific, and and not necessarily salvific, but but they're sin to God. They're sins, biblical sin um, that we have there. Like, just to get it super practical, like, if, if God began to, let me just explain this and tie a bow on it, if God began to convict your, your heart about these comfortable chairs here, which is probably not something that he's convicted anybody on, but God just began to convict your heart one day, man, we're so soft as an American church, like, we don't know what it is to suffer like people in the other parts of the world, you know, and God just says, man, you need to be sitting on a wooden pew. A wo- you need to be sitting on a wooden chair. Your butt needs to be hurting in service, and you need to be getting splinters to identify with the suffering of Christ, and, and, and you just kind of just start running with this, and God begins to convict your heart on it, right? Most of us would be like, not me. I'm going to stay right here in the comfortable chair, 
But if, if you, so you have a couple of choices if that happens, and, and maybe it's even something in Scripture that's like, we're dying to the flesh, like, right? You could translate that something in that moment, like, okay, this is what God's speaking to me. And maybe it is a conviction for you that God is speaking. If you begin to say, all right, pastor, we need to change all the chairs. No, no, no. No, no, no. That's, that sounds like that might be a conviction or a preference that God's doing in your life. But you have a couple of choices. One, you can, you know, BYOC. You can go bring your own chair, bring a wooden chair, and just come and sit that wooden chair there, and you're obeying Christ because for you, you've been stuck in comfortable Christianity, and God's trying to break you out of it. Maybe, I don't know, that sounds crazy, but maybe he is. Or you can, you, you can find a church with wooden, wooden chairs. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you there. I, I doubt any, God's actually speaking to anybody on that, but I hope you can take that example, but if you begin to take that and push it on everybody else, that becomes bondage to them, and that is not the freedom that God has designed for us. What he's called us, he's called us to a freedom to serve one another in love. That, that's, that's what he's called us to, to pursue him in holiness. And, and often when that begins to feel like bondage, it's just because God has, has, needs to do some love work in our hearts. And can I be super transparent? Um, at the beginning of this journey of uh, coronavirus, I was just, this whole time, not the beginning, the whole, the whole time, I've just been thinking, I, I want to serve you well. I, I want to lead you well through this season. And, and we've, we've pivoted, and really with this in mind, how, how do we, we're free to serve one another in love. How do we do that? How do we love one another? How do we love our neighbors? How do we take care of each other? As we've gone through this thing, and, and I think we've all had emotional attachments to all the things that have been going on. We're all emotionally exhausted in many ways from what this year has looked like. But God's been doing some things in my heart to more freely operate to serve one another in love throughout this season. And, and I pray that God's doing the same thing in your heart, that he's stirring something within us, not just to set us free from the bondage, penalty, and power of sin and, and free to pursue him, but that's gonna, rubber's gonna hit the ground and we're, we're gonna serve each other not out of obligation or duty. We're not serving God out of duty, but out of delight and out of love that I get to serve my neighbor. I get to serve the family of God. That's the life that he's called us into. And I don't, I don't know where you're at on all this today. I've gone way over my time, but I, I want to close this with communion today. I want to close this with communion today. And so if you have your communion elements at home or in the room, uh, I, I want us to prepare those. If you've got those, you can take the five minutes it takes to open them. If you've got your cheetah, Cheetos and, and orange juice or whatever at home, feel free. And I found it was fitting today to remind ourselves of what Jesus did to set us free. And, and may, maybe some of us, we've been running this journey, and it's been, about, it's been about duty. It's been about keeping up with the rules. We've been in bondage to that. M maybe some of us in here have never, online or right here, we've never actually been set free from the penalty of sin because we've never given our heart fully to Christ. We've, sure, we've, we've dipped our toes in the water a little bit. We've raised our hand in a service, but have we surrendered our heart to Jesus. Maybe you're here today and sin still has a hold of you. Like, like sinful habits that are leading to death in your life. And you're living with those consequences. And God, God wants you to know freedom. He wants you to know true freedom. 
and this cup and this little nasty little cracker here is representative of what Jesus did for us. That we might know life and we might know it to the full. We might know freedom on freedom. Because it is for freedom that he set us free. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know how you walked in here burdened down by what's got you burdened down. But what I do know is God wants you to walk out free. And he wants you to stand firm in that freedom. Because he's given it to you already. He's already given it to you. It's not, i got to work my way up to freedom. No, he's given it to you. You operate from that freedom that he has given you and we live in that. Father, right now all across this room and joined with our brothers and sisters online from all different parts of our country, God, we thank you for the body and the blood of Jesus, his blood that was poured out for us on that tree, God. The most excruciating death one could ever know you experienced on our behalf that we might not suffer and die in this life and, and, and receive the punishment that we deserve, God, but you have given us the free gift of salvation. As your body was broken for us and, and your blood poured out for us, you have given us freedom and salvation, God, and we give you praise for that. Church, can we take the body and, and the blood of Christ, what's representative of this cracker and this juice, and let's, let's worship him today. Father, we thank you today. God, we thank you today. I just pray in these next few moments we're going to worship. We're going to sing about Christ as the cornerstone in our life. And if you've, got, if you've got addictions, if you've got things that God wants to set you free, if it mindsets that he wants to set you free from, there's going to be prayer partners here. You can text prayer right there, uh, right in the comment section online. Somebody wants to reach out and pray with you. Let us know how we can serve you. Come on, let's stand and let's prepare our hearts to worship. In view of his mercy, he's our hope. He's our hope today.